everybody. Welcome back to the Film Buds podcast. This is episode number 48, and my name is Henry. Braden. No Chloe this week, but uh, in her place is Mr. Cooper Murphy once back, again. Back again. Yeah. So thank, again. Thanks for coming on, man. Yeah. Glad uh, to be here. Yeah. Anyways, we are going to be talking about Solo, a Star Wars story, and then we're going to be doing a retro review of the very first Star Wars, what's the official title? Star Wars ep- Episode a 4, A New Hope. I don't yep. know how it's classified now, but... I think they applied the Episode 4 retroactively to oh, it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, and then we have some, maybe a little bit of news and some listener questions, so should be all good, but how are y'all doing today? Doing all right. Doing all right, other than what I was just telling you before the podcast, I almost got in a horrible, horrible car accident on the way here, which is really scary. My blood's pumping a little bit. Tell us about it. So I, I live on a really, really, really busy street, and my driveway is super steep. Pull out of the driveway onto the busy street. And basically, to get here, to get to work, to get anywhere, I need to take a left turn. Well, what makes it even worse is there's a blind turn right at my driveway. So there could be no cars coming whatsoever. You start pulling out, someone comes on the corner, they are forced to slam on the brakes. It is the most dangerous thing. But to, to make it even worse today, there's a line of trash cans because my driveway I share with a lot of other houses. So all the trash cans there, so my visibility is even worse, start pulling out. This guy slams on his brakes, like tires screeching. He's swerving. It was so scary. Jeez. I thought I was, I saw the light there for a minute. But he stopped a couple feet from me, and I'm like, I, Buddy? yeah. So, Jeez. and I was already running late because I thought I would wake up naturally, but for whatever reason, I've been sleeping in. So Yeah, I, I slept uh, 11 hours and 15 minutes last night. Jesus. What the hell? It was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> what time did you go to bed? I, I think I was so tired, I guess, just from the work week because Mondays are my Fridays. Yeah. And so I just, I went to, I got in bed at like maybe nine and I yeah. woke up at 11-ish, you know, or 10, you know, something like that. But it was because I actually took some Benadryl and everything. Oh, that'll do it to you. Yeah. yeah. That'll do it to you. So, I mean, that's why they have non-prescription versions of these things without the actual... uh what the pharmaceutical, the 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 painkillers, the the medicine. It's just, it's just sleeping yeah. sleep aids, sleeping yeah, sleeping pills. Sleeping does it do anything it. for your health, or is it no, just? It does nothing for your health. Like they've got Nyquil, and then they've got something else, uh, Zquil or whatever the hell it's called. I don't know. And it's the it's the same the stuff, but they just take out the actual medicine. Oh, so and so it's just it just puts you to sleep. That's all it is. Hmm. And so they've got a lot of stuff like that. But I mean, I know a lot of people who take Benadryl or other things like that. I, I for a while I thought I had a cat allergy, and so you know I went over to a friend's house at one time and I took some Benadryl on my way over there. Yeah. And um, not even an hour later, it must have been thirty minutes later, I was like dragging myself by my knuckles across <laughs> the floor. <laughs> So so just that'll tired. knock your ass out, yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean that stuff is brutal. That'll put you right to damn sleep. Yeah. So also the thing is like with working coffee, not only like being on your feet all day, but drinking coffee all day. By the time you get off of work, you're you're, you're so, like you're so ready to just sleep. Like yeah. I don't know. Like my crashes have been getting worse and worse recently. Mm-hmm. Where it's just like, whew, yeah, after like that sh- Saturday morning shift, I'm done. Like fourth cup or well, something. You got yeah. the coffee addiction now. I know it's bad. So yeah, it's really drink, bad. You stop drinking and you go a few hours. It's like a mini withdrawal. Yeah, no, yeah. I get headaches and stuff. Yeah, right? that's, yeah, I'm the same way actually. I mean, that's kind of because I'm working right next door, and so 
you know, I'll go and get a coffee. Yeah, you were in twice yesterday. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm, I've been at the theater a lot more lately. You know, I have a lot more responsibility, and so I've been at the theater a lot more. And so I've been drinking more coffee. Yeah. You know, plus I've got to be up much earlier now. You know, and it's not just shifts in the evening. Now I've got to be up at the theater to to meet guys to repair things and yeah. stuff like that and you know talk to vendors to get popcorn and soda and blah 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 so i gotta be up and over there earlier so you know i i've been sucking down the coffee yeah pretty hardcore yeah there's worse vices in life there yeah. are considerably worse vices in life yeah, yeah. we're so not chewing up heroin four times a mm-hmm. day so or the seltzer water i drink yeah <laughs> well i'm right there with you I'm i, right I don't know about that well actually no no yeah you drink you drink two of those gut busters. Yeah, no, I have actually have some little Poland Springs with me right I'm now. Saying, there's so. another one that looks oh, pretty yeah. cold oh, right yeah. there, too. Yeah, yeah. Ugh, 80 ounces a day. Yeah, no, but I, like, I, I'm like, just when I'm at work, I'm so thirsty. Constantly. Well, I guess it's the caffeine also. Yeah. That kind of hinders me. But anyways. Caffeine is, what do they call them? Dehydrates you, actually. Yeah. 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 Uh, something like that. Funny. I'm sorry that this is no, intro is going in kind of long, but... I've been trying for a really long time to get my girlfriend to drink coffee. And it's not even like something where I'm like, I think you'll enjoy it. At this point, I'm just like, why won't you just drink it? <laughs> like, just drink the coffee. You're in your 20s. Like, I don't know anyone that is this repulsed by coffee at her age. And she's in college still, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. It's like, what are you doing? And she, all she does is complain about how tired she is. The other day at Joe Van Gogh, I'm like, she's like, I'm tired. I'm like, I'm going to get you a cup of coffee. So I get her an eight ounce cup of coffee, fill it up four ounces with coffee. The rest is half and half in sugar. I give it to her. She drinks half of that. So effectively, she drank two ounces of coffee. Uh-huh. I go to the theater. I'm working my shift. I come back over an hour. She is crying. <laughs> She's like, I don't like this feeling. Like, I feel so anxious. I'm like, you drank two ounces of coffee. Oh my God. This is placebo if does I've she, ever heard it. Yeah. Does she drink soda? No. Now? No. She literally only drinks water. Like, that really? is the only thing. She she doesn't even drink seltzer water. She just drinks. I and mean, she drinks a lot of water. She's got one of those big water balls that she carries everywhere. She doesn't drink soda. Doesn't drink tea. Nothing. So, like, uh, she's probably been years that she had caffeine. She was Jeez. in tears after two ounces of coffee. And I'm like, I probably drink 60 ounces of coffee. Wow. Yeah, that's crazy. And she's not even predisposed to, like, anxiety or anything. Like, I don't know. So. Well, that's the way that I don't understand that. I mean, having such a sort of violent or excessive reaction to, to the smallest amount of coffee. I don't know. I don't know. Well, she's just also very anti-vice. You know, she doesn't really drink that much. She doesn't smoke cigarettes. She doesn't really smoke weed. She doesn't, you know, do anything, which is all fine. Actually, I should probably aspire to be like her yeah. and be vice-free, but we're human. Yeah. We need our vices. Jeez, you know, like I said, there's worse vices in life. You got to let your hair down sometimes. Yeah. Does she listen to this show? No. No, probably not. No, 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 no. <laughs> yeah, do any girlfriends listen? <laughs> Picturing mine, Mary. Mine and... doesn't. <laughs> no. Ask her right now. Have you listened to any of our episodes? No. My yeah. mom has listened to a few episodes. My mom's listened to a couple. Yeah, I've told my mom a couple times that I've I've done this, and she first of all, I don't think she under- knows what a podcast uh, is. What? I think she's very well, what? And she keeps and every single time I bring up, she says, "Are they paying you for it?" No. No, my oh my god some sort of like movie pundit you know like my my opinions are so fucking valuable that yeah yeah star getting, wars was pretty good we're getting, <laughs> we're getting kickbacks from disney mm-hmm. to, you know rave yeah. about marvel films and star wars yeah, all films. our tickets were free so. yeah, yeah yeah we were a comp 
We're influencers. Brought that's, to you, that's yeah, the term. Seriously. That's Brought the to you this week by our sponsor, Star Wars Lego. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. I keep getting ads for this $800 Lego Death Star set. Who the fuck has $800 to spend on a Lego set? Well, when I make my first million. Yeah, yeah that'll be seriously. the first thing to buy. Yeah. Some men want Lamborghinis, big houses in the hills. Screw no. that. Lego set. Give my Lego set. $800 Star Wars Death Star Lego set. Either that or the Purge. I'll wait for the Purge. Oh, we'll, yeah. Then yeah, we'll make our Lego purge, run. Man. That's probably coming soon, considering what's, uh, yeah. what's happening these days. So. Uh, yeah. Probably won't have to wait too much longer. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, I guess we can just jump into our review, shall we? Yeah, sure. All right, so we have a clip for Solo, A Star Wars Story, and take a listen. Chewie, would you please? What are you doing here? I, I work here. What's your excuse? My, I, Kira, I was, I, I was coming back for you. It's in the past, hon. Not for me. The only reason I'm here, I was doing this job, get a little money, and then I was going to come back to Corelli and find you. Well, no, you don't have to. I'm right in front of you. That day, sometimes, a lot of times, I think... If you'd have stayed, I would have killed you. I'm glad you got out. All right. Solo, a Star Wars story, is directed by Ron Howard. And stars Aiden Ehrenreich, uh, Junis Tamo, Woody Harrelson, Amelia Clark, Donald Glover, Thandie Newton. That's about it, I think. The plot synopsis is, During an adventure into the criminal underworld, Han Solo meets his future co-pilot Chewbacca and encounters Lando Calrissian years before joining the Rebellion. So, who wants to start off? Everybody's looking at me. Why are you looking at me? <laughs> because Somebody me and Henry have changed. pretty similar opinions. So yeah. The... Well, I mean, I don't know that I differ all that much. I I enjoyed it. I mean, I'm trying not to read too much into it. Everybody, I mean, that seems to be the problem is there are all the reviews I've read are trying to read too much into it, I mm. think. And then they talk about the, 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 the moral themes that underlie the thing and yada, yada, yada. <clears throat> and there are... And that's frankly what sort of has turned me off to the the franchise more than anything in this most recent iteration of it mm-hmm. is the rather, I mean, the, 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 the last Lucas trilogy, Phantom Menace, Attack of the Clones, Revenge of the Sith, not the best bits of filmmaking, <laughs> but I will say that, that I think he did a, Lucas did a, a spectacular job of sort of imposing a, a very sort of a complex moral schema over, over the universe in which, you know, his characters inhabit. Yeah. And, uh, particularly Revenge of the Sith, I thought was actually a very good film because it sort of chronicles the downfall of, of Anakin Skywalker, not because of, you know, some sort of lust for power or something so brazen and, you know, explicitly or nakedly evil, but because his love, his anxiety, his fear, you know, of losing, you know, he's lost a mother and then his, his, his love for Padme and then, you know, his fear, his anxiety about potentially losing her as well. And that's what leads to his, his eventual corruption. 
So it's it's morally sort of ambiguous because I don't know these these newer films. It doesn't they don't seem to quite have the moral complexity that Lucas captured in his last go round. But I think even more than that, what bothers me is is they have these sort of very strong social justice issues that they really smack you over the head with. What was the last one? For the Force, uh, the Last Jedi. Yeah. You had the whole class inequality thing, and it's very, very brazen about how it introduces these kinds of things. And in, in, in Solo, a Star Wars story, you've got, uh, sort of, uh, equal rights for droids, right? Yeah. But at the same time, I, I'm not meaning to cut you off, but no, it's good. It seemed like that character was played up for laughs. Like we're supposed to laugh at all of the. Yeah, I, I, that felt and weird. I was like, "What are you trying to sell?" Intimations but, that this this sort of romantic relationship between Lando and yeah, this what? droid. What exactly? It was so. Uh, it's unnecessary. Felt half baked. I mean, like, they could have they could have addressed some of these things in a more subtle manner, like the you know the whole jailbreak scene and all of that. Well, not jailbreak, but I guess uh, uprising. Yeah, scene. Uh, they could have they could have had that without all the 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 very sort of in your face you know freedom for everybody you know? yeah yeah and people would have caught up on on that and they yeah. would have recognized that 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 issue um i don't know it just feels very much like they're trying to be a little too you know lucas had these elements in his original films questions about uh uh morality and justice yeah. and humanity but he 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 addressed them in a very I think subtle way. Yeah, and these films uh, just in a very very blunt way, sort of hitting you over the head with these these issues. Mm-hmm. So it, it's lacking something from from in terms of what the original Lucas films did. But uh, then again, the original Lucas films I think were much weaker in terms of the storytelling aspect. Plus, the acting was atrocious. In his films. In the 2000s ones or just all of them? In the 2001. Oh, in yeah. In these films, yeah. the acting is is just remarkable. Yeah. Like, because if anything, I think Solo is is good just because of the acting. Yeah. Like, I really liked Woody Harrelson. I really liked Donald Glover. I got to say, Alden like everybody's saying, oh, he's not Solo. He's not. No, he's not Harrison Ford. But he's he's supposed to be Solo at a different point in his life. And you you see the action that leads to the more sort of cynical, bitter self-imposed exile kind of Han Solo that you see in the original, you know, New yeah. Hope, Empire Strikes Back, Return of the Jedi. I thought this was overall, I thought it overall was a pretty good film. And I, I thought it, it got back to some of the sort of the, the daring do boyhood adventure, kind mm-hmm. of Robert Louis Stevenson sort of tales that you had that you got with the original films. And so I thought, you know, everybody's saying, oh, it's just a return to, to tropes and, and yeah. basic all the basic things that they did in the original films. But, I mean, is there anything necessarily wrong with that? Because, I mean, it, no. it strikes back, to, it harkens back to a very sort of classic storytelling sense, which I like it. I thought it was fun. Yeah. I thought it was fun. That being said, there are some issues with it, but I immensely enjoyed it. Yeah. So. Hmm. Well, I I think maybe yeah, Cooper and I are kind of on equal. I didn't really like the movie. I, I didn't think it was horrendous, but I just found everything to be so flat and just bland i mean i hate using like an elementary word but just vanilla like nothing was that impressive i actually did 
didn't like Woody Harrelson. I thought he was just the most kind of generic Star Wars joke, quippy telling character that we kind of seen a thousand times. And while yours, it kind of makes sense about Han Solo being at a different point in his life. And so he's not necessarily going to be Harrison Ford as you see him in the first films. I just, it doesn't feel like it's the same character or, or the same person. He just, he does not have that charisma where I feel like Han Solo, even at a younger point in his life would have. And I just found him to be, he's essentially just a guy who likes a girl in this. Whereas I feel like Han Solo had, or Harrison's, Harrison Ford's Han Solo had so much more interesting complexities. Whereas in this, he's just kind of a, a guy in the Star Wars universe. And so, I mean, I there's nothing offensively wrong with the movie. It just, it felt like a what you would expect from a Ron Howard movie, just not much style. Nothing. I mean, yes, he can make a movie. <laughs> yeah. But if he doesn't have good material to work with, he doesn't really improve it. I don't think he really has that knack like some directors can. So I overall, I was pretty underwhelmed. I, I didn't hate it by any means, but it's pretty much already out of my mind. I did like Amelia Clark. Mm-hmm. But I felt she was like one of the few that had charisma as well as Donald Glover and also I was telling it's a it's a small aspect of the movie but it was shot by Bradford Young I think who did Arrival and Selma and he's done some others as well but I feel like his cinematography is so hit and miss like there's just this very brown grayish filter of the whole movie that I just feel didn't really need to be there and also, in terms of comparing it to Rogue One, that felt so much more grittier and mm-hmm. deserving of that yeah. style. Whereas in this, this is just a kind of a typical adventure movie. So I think it could have benefited from a little more pop or flair more, with the visuals. Yeah, colorful. Yeah. And also, since you also have Ron Howard at the helm, there's not going to be many kind of directorial flourishes or touches that are going to improve that. And so I was, I was just kind of like, eh. Like I, I think I definitely liked all the most recent new star Wars films much more than, than this. I mean, I, I may watch like, it's a, it's a movie that I would put on TV and do work and just kind yeah. of look up every once in a while. Like it's, there's nothing. It's fun. It's not, it's not a great film. And I mean, that's kind of what got me a little bit about it is I won't, I won't hog up too much and more of the airtime here, but uh, there seemed to be sort of an inconsistency in, in terms of the way the film was shot, which I thought some of the shots were actually, you know, quite intriguing, quite beautiful to watch. But it was a very sort of grim depiction of everything versus the portrayal of Han Solo, who's sort of an ingenue and very idealistic and, you know, oh, I'm going to go and save Kira and I'm going to get my own ship. And it's a very different take on Han Solo, obviously. But I think that's the point is you see Han Solo, you see some of what resurfaces in the very first original trilogy, New Hope and First Strikes Back, Return of the Jedi. You see some of what resurfaces there eventually, but it's, it's, it's in the forefront here. And that's the thing about the film is, is the climactic scene, which no spoilers, but the climactic scene, you see how on, on multiple fronts, Han Solo's idealism is sort of not necessarily torn down, not necessarily shredded or, or whatever, but it's, it's undermined to, to such an extent that he, he eventually sort of withdraws from everything and becomes more, more cynical, more bitter. Uh, and turns into this sort of hardened smuggler. 
that you see in the original trilogy. So, again, it would have been more interesting had they depicted a gradual change over time throughout the course of the film rather than all of a sudden this this climactic one scene that you kind of go, oh, okay, this this triggers this this massive change of personality that you end up seeing. And that's why he's this way in this film and the other way in the original trilogy. I don't know. Anyhow, it's just that's just my take on it. But yeah. it would have been interesting, more interesting had they done something along the lines of what they did with Anakin and Re- in Revenge of the Sith. Right. Is to see the gradual change as opposed to in the entire film, he's just sort of Hey, I'm Han Solo. Hey. Look at my look at my charming smile, you know. Mm-hmm. So anyhow. Well Cooper, what'd you what'd you think? I'm I might be a little bit more positive about it than you, but probably not as much as Brayden. I don't know that um, I'm not that positive. <laughs> yeah, but like I just feel like when I left the theater, I was like pretty negative on it. But I'm like kind of looking back on it a little bit differently. I, I like that something that you know you were saying yesterday when we were talking at the coffee shop. I like that there's movies like this in the Star Wars universe, and they're allowing for these smaller stories that mm-hmm. not I do, everything yeah, I do like that. has to be this grandiose like oh working towards some war and like i love rogue one but even rogue one was like pretty yeah. big in scale and well, the thing i liked about the rogue one is it has nothing to do with the canon yeah i mean it's, it's it's just a complete standalone story yeah which is why you know this was this was a fun story but why yeah. why 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 mess with these characters yeah and know? yeah and at the end of the day the thing that kind of got me about it, it did feel just sort of inconsequential because we know for me, it's like, I like Han Solo, but he never was the character that I was dying to know the, the backstory of like, he is pretty, I don't want to say archetypal because he is like more nuanced than just the average, like renegade type of guy. But it's like, I don't need to know why he's like as, you know, suave as he is or whatever. Like, yeah. I just, I thought that his story was, like existed in the original trilogy as that supporting character and i mean he's a great character but it's not like i was dying to know how he got to where he was and if anything i want to see him with job of the hut in that first job but that's another story but i i ultimately feel like the movie kind of had like an identity crisis though whereas like i feel like you have all these liberties even though you are using pre-existing characters you have all these liberties now because they've erased the extended canon so you can kind of do whatever you want with his backstory you don't have to tie it in to everything perfectly but i just felt like they were like we need to make this feel like a star wars movie we need to make this feel like like new hope or something like that and then because of it 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 kind of weakens the movie like and also in addition that they had that where they had to make it feel like a a, you know classic stars movie but now after the disney acquisition like it also just felt sort of like a marvel movie it's Mm -hmm. like it's it's it, it just it's starting to feel like a like connect the dots. Yeah, exactly. And it's like even, even the characters like there's the 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 quirky robot, which is now I guess a staple of all these like yeah. side stories because they had one in Rogue One, and then this one, which is a little bit different than the one in Rogue One. Like they're both like kind of snarky, but this one has this weird social justice bent where it's like literally like they ask her like, "Well, what do you want?" Well, I want you know. Equal rights for droids, and then and it's not even, and then everyone like rolls their eyes at it. It's like what what is the message this movie is sending? Because you're right, where Star Wars has become more socially aware, where they're they're trying to like inject these themes in their movies, but then at the same time making fun of them with characters like that. 
And, and then also, I'm I mean, like, what? I, I mean, I hate being so cynical, but the like, how many times have we seen a funny droid? Yeah, like it's in every. Yeah, movie, you know, it's, and then and then it's, even it's just, and then even there's like a pilot briefly in the movie that is 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 like uh, Rocket Raccoon from like Guardians of the Galaxy, and then both these characters have like 15 minutes of screen time. So like, why even include these characters at all? Because the the they create this weird maybe romance between Lando Calrissian and his robot, but it's not Lando in the other films has some affinity towards robots or something like that. So like, why even yeah. make that a part of his character? I didn't, I, he's, I, he's young. He, yeah. He's like, and, and like, well, I mean, is it, is it, is it just that she's like, got this weird quirky personality and he's just kind of, he tolerates it because she, she has this, this, this unparalleled, star chart database thing or i mean it's it's weird it intimates all this stuff but then it doesn't really yeah and just that's at the end of the day even between han and his like love interest it just felt really half-baked too yeah yeah where kind of non-committal yeah because like so i mean this isn't much of a spoiler because it happens at the beginning of the movie he is doing everything that he's doing in the beginning of the movie to reconnect with this woman that he left behind on this planet and then pretty soon in the movie, he finds her. Like, he finds her, and then that's kind of it for until the end of the movie when they kind of readdress that, and then it slips away. It's just, like, it, everything, like, it's hard to talk about without spoiling the movie, but it's just, like, why? Like, why even have this, like, Han already has, like, Leia. You know, like, that's how we know. So, But I'm, I'm okay with them introducing, like, oh, there's a prior love interest. Uh-huh. But then they didn't really develop it at all. Like, yeah. she was just kind of there, and then... Because then you're, especially since it is kind of non-committal, like, are we going to, is there going to be a, a sequel to this where we're going to see it developed? Yeah. Or is this just going to be, especially since it's not doing that well, is just this all we're going to see of that romance? Yeah. It's like, okay. Yeah. Because it, it doesn't really, again, it doesn't really develop the character. Yeah, exactly. Right? Just, everyone could think, yeah, he'd well, probably date, he probably had a romance with someone before. Yeah. In terms of character development, I mean, it's, again, it, uh, most of it, it does function in a way as character development, but not until the absolute very end. Yeah. And prior to that, it's sort of like the relationship comes in, it goes out, it comes in, it goes out. Yeah. And so it's not as though it's a consistent thing. And the, the other thing about it is Han would be a little more reluctant about any kind of romantic relationship mm-hmm. with Leia in the original trilogy, which he's not. And so again, it, it sort of leads you to wonder, is this what they really could have done to explain? Yeah. Yeah, something about it. It feels like it's like incongruent with yeah. later Han. You know, yeah. it's like the end of the movie makes it seem like this young Han could exist in other Star Wars movies. Like they might mm-hmm. put him in other movies because it kind of ends sort somewhat open ended. But apparently, the movie flops. I doubt they'll make like a Han Solo two. I, I, I doubt it. Um, really. But- Flop? I mean, how I mean, much money well, did I mean, they spend on this? Because it, it, it didn't live up to expectations the first weekend. I mean, it still was, made lots of money, but for Star, it, like they it, literally issued an apology yesterday. Yeah, like, it it, yeah. it flopped for a Star Wars movie, pretty much. Like, but they're like, we need to get back to the drawing board. Yeah, because like, they said we're this. we're not gonna like uh, release them so close together. We're you know we're gonna change things and so yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I think across, yeah, kind of across the board, people I are thought that was thinking it. Yeah, I thought that was a bit much because we just had. Uh, Last, Last Jedi, Jedi in six December, ago, and now, yeah. you know, six months later, here we are with Solo. And, I mean, I, that, that's what they've been doing with the Marvel films. And, and 
I don't know. The people people have been going gaga over the Marvel films, but I but think I think a, a that's lot a larger of larger universe. Like when you can watch Guardians no. of the Galaxy. It's larger than no. I mean, no. in the sen- <laughs> but in the sense of like, like you can watch Guardians of the Galaxy, right? And then six months later, they put out like Black Panther. Like those are radically yeah. different films. Like so Rogue it, One and Han Solo don't feel like because in, well, in terms just, of the, the characters and the the worlds that they're creating, I feel like because well, it, it it does at least to me in watching Marvel movies. Um, how many there are each year, and then Star Wars, Marvel movies. Even though I'm not crazy about all of them, they feel more, they feel different than, or or different enough to where I'm not always getting bored. Whereas I feel like Star Wars, like all right, another get another team together, let's go on a quest. And it it's starting to feel very cookie cutter. Well, it doesn't need to be. I mean, that's that's my point. Is is but also we you say you say Marvel either. has a larger universe. It does not. Well, I mean, in terms uh, of like, it has a better defined universe than Star Wars, but that's the point. That's what they could do with these films is yeah. flesh out the whole. This is a galaxy spanning kind yeah. of thing. You've got the Republic, you've got the Sith. There are, there, I mean, the history between the, the, the Empire, but it all folds the Sith into Empire and the Republic goes back centuries, millennia, even. even well, I well think. okay, then I'll, I mean, I'll, there's I'll a lot say, to pull from, but I'm just saying, I'll, like, I'll say the issue is with how they're going about it. Well, that's, 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 that's my, that's my problem. Yeah. That's is, that's, yeah, I mean, correction, yeah. all the stuff out there that they can do. I mean, this, this red dawn thing, that's fascinating. Why do they have to drag Han Solo into this? Right. Why not look at, at the huts and the red dawn duking it out sort yeah. of like street fight cartels, you know, <laughs> Uh, they do like Knights of the Old Republic stuff and go back way they could, back. Yeah, they could yeah. go way back and look at the history history there. Why do they have to keep it all within this one very limited, very small time frame yeah. and then just keep pulling the characters back? I mean, don't do these standalone stories. Okay, they got Boba Fett coming and it's, it's being directed by the guy that did Logan. Okay. Great. We all like Boba Fett. We like Logan. That's all, that's all those wonderful. For like 10 minutes. But I don't, I, yeah, I, well, exactly. I mean, yeah. there's a whole what, mythos yeah. up around him now, but I mean, you do get to see a bit of his origin in the second trilogy. Yeah, but he's just like a crime. But thing. I mean, it's, <laughs> wh- why? We don't need that. Okay. We know Boba Fett already. And I mean, he's not, he's not nearly as developed a character as Han is, obviously. Yeah. So you've got a little more leeway in order to, uh, to, to play with his backstory, but I mean, why? There's no need to. Yeah. True. When there's yeah. an entire galaxy you can populate with, with entirely new people and there's a yeah. deep, rich history that can be looked at. There's no reason to, to, to just stick with this one 30 year sort of generational. I mean, spread it out, do yeah. something more. And I, I don't necessarily mean spread it out in terms of release schedule, which I yeah. think would be beneficial, but. Rogue One, I thought, was spectacular just because it was a standalone story. It looked at, at people you had not introduced before. The, the moral complexities, I thought, were a little more, it was a little more gray area yeah. than, than what you see in some of these other films. I mean, even, even, uh, Last Jedi, which was very sort of blunt in terms yeah. of the, the sort of social justice issues it was portraying. Yeah. Um, but Rogue One was like, they made the rebels look like a, like a, terrorist group you know yeah i mean that's 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 kind of the thing is it's you know it's it's do the actions do the do the ends necessarily justify the means and that kind of thing i mean it's it's it makes you think i mean there's there's more complexity to it i don't know some of these other films are just not complex well i mean because in terms of rogue one interesting about like when you say it's they're like a terrorist group 
what I liked about it is, I mean, you still kind of like, what's your name, Jen? Yeah, Jen. yeah, Jen. I mean, show. you kind of like them to a certain degree. Yeah, yeah, I, you're right. I would yeah. love to have character or more characters in the Star Wars universe, like in Han Solo, that you don't like. You can almost, maybe not hate, but have issues with how they're going about things rather than, yeah. oh, he's he's tricking this guy. He's going to, you know, do this and do that. Whereas, like, man, why are you doing that? But then you realize maybe at the end that mm-hmm. it actually does benefit something. But I just mm-hmm. wish they would actually take more chances. Like in The Last Jedi, there's that moment in the red room where, what's her face? Ray. Ray. Ray yeah. And Kylo are, like, he's trying to get her to go to the dark side. Yeah. And there's that moment where he thinks she's going to, but then they, they, they don't. Mm. And, and it's just like, they're on that line, but they're, I guess, too afraid to, to upset fans even more than they already do. Apparently. <laughs> yeah. And don't so it's just, started on that again. <clears throat> yeah. And so I, I wish they would take more chances. Part of wonders to what extent there hasn't been as much popular reception. Good. This isn't well received. Is 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 a lot of this sort of backlash amongst Star Wars? Oh, after the geeks, Last Jedi. Yeah. So I mean, people went just nuts over Last Jedi and how much they hated it. And I didn't. I didn't. I thought it was a good film. I liked it a lot. Yeah, I mean, because yeah. like I, I still, when there's Star Wars news, especially dealing with the Last Jedi, I'll just occasionally read the the comments and like people are just like oh yeah wh- who, who directed it what's the guy's name sorry ryan johnson yeah i can't think of any names for some reason but people are like yeah thanks to uh, ryan johnson for ruining star wars for me i'm like jesus it. jesus christ like, like he, i thought he took some very very interesting chances not all of them paid off but yeah. at least he's 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 trying to change he's trying to change the universe he's trying yeah. to change the gal he's trying to change the Unlike story in that. yeah and, yeah which was just like hey let's redo a new hope yeah <laughs> but we're gonna make the death star bigger now it's a planet yeah like not I just like a moon it's a planet you know <laughs> I mean, and, and and I like do like a lot of stuff that J.J. Abrams does, but he's not he's not some sort of mythical demigod figure. <laughs> not everything he does is perfect. Mm. And I did like I did like um, Force Awakens. Was it the best thing ever? No, yeah. and, and I mean it did cleave far too closely, I think, to New Hope in terms of the story and the structure yeah. and what happened. So uh, whereas uh, Last Jedi, I think. It's a new story. He takes some chances. He he's he's willing to alter some of the canonical characters, yeah. particularly Luke Skywalker, which I enjoyed for myself. Yeah, me too. I thought it was cool so, that he's not yeah, this too. like paradigm of virtue, right? Exactly. And all the like, he's a he's a grumpy old man who's sort of in exile. Plug. Yeah, you know, uh, he's he's got a lot of questions and and self doubt about some of the choices he's made. So. Yeah, but no, I mean uh, the point is. If you're going to go back to canonical stuff, do something different with it, which is what Ryan Johnson did, and I appreciate that. If you're doing stuff which is – if you're doing these little spin-off stories, why not plow the fertile ground that is the entire freaking galaxy yeah. that the Star Wars mythos inhabits? Why keep going back to this 30, 40-year span, the Alliance, the Empire? Why always that? There's so much other stuff that they could do. And even if they do stick within that time frame, there are other places that could go, other things that they could look at, so much more ground that they could cover. And they just keep dragging, let's do Han Solo, let's well, do Boba Fett. Because uh, even, even when they do that, even though they when they do this Han Solo, it, does, it adds nothing. I, mean, yeah. I don't want to repeat what we were just saying, but it, it doesn't add anything 
to that character or just to the universe. It just no. feels so throwaway. Yeah. Well, it's it's harder to market though. If you if you have some Star Wars movie that takes place a thousand years before or after all of this, mm-hmm. and there's no recognizable characters, and, yeah, I mean, yeah, it, well, that it, it's just gonna be harder to market. Yeah, that's it, the but. problem. Is I think like the, the hardcore Star Wars geeks would love it, but would, would love stuff like that. They don't want to see the canonical characters touch, which is why they're all up in arms about uh, the portrayal of of Luke Skywalker. Yeah. I can see that the the broader audience, the non Star Wars geeky types, uh, you know, you show them a film, and the Hut Cartels versus the Red Dawn, and everybody goes, "What the hell was that?" Yeah, you know, and they don't care. Whereas you go Han Solo, and they go Han Solo. I like him. Oh, he's cool. <laughs> you know. So I mean, it's 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 a difficult it's a difficult juggling act. I mean, that being said, I think the Han Solo the story in Han Solo could have been a bit better. Yeah, uh, and I think I did feel that a lot of the direction was inconsistent in terms of the portrayal of Han Solo, what they were trying to do with the story, and then sort of the visual aspect of how it was was shot. Mm-hmm. I did like some of the um, the locales. Like I liked the beginning yeah. planet that they were on, Corellia. Yeah, it, it felt like... That, that's one of the, the, the central hubs, metropolitan hubs of... I mean, the entire planet is... is or maybe I'm confusing that with Coruscant. Coruscant's in the original... Coruscant so is the, sort of the seat of the Republic. Yeah. The entire planet is a massive city. Like, mm-hmm. the whole planet. Yeah. That's the one that shows up in... The second trilogy a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because again, it's the seat of the Republic. I I like the uh, I was telling Cooper about it the the beach uh, with the I don't know if they're what the creatures will call like the reefs or something with the robotic they have like the robotic faces kind of like electronic voices where uh you know what I'm talking about no it, it, was, it was it's like there's there's you're not this... talking about Luke and wal- mil- milking walrus scissors are you <laughs> great scene great yeah. Scene. I love that. <laughs> No, and no, and Han Solo and, and, and at so, the end, and, the end and so yeah, it's like where he makes a joke about the where the ship flies off, mm-hmm. and he's like, "Oh, actually, we don't have a a, a back." Oh, yeah, yeah. and it, it was those creatures that are kind of lanky. I don't know if they were. I guess I don't know if they were. Human I don't or remember them really for some reason. Yeah, huh. I liked. I liked it. It's it's small, like small scene, but I like the design of that. Yeah, there's one thing to you that sort of bug me about the film where it like further reinforced that this like film is just like fan service and not great fan service at that there's like i'm not going to say who it is but like rogue one they throw in some cameos of old characters and stuff and there's one cameo of an older character that when they come on screen it would be like, okay, this isn't the character, but it would be like if the Emperor came on screen and before he left, he like shot lightning at the camera, like, you know, yeah. like, you didn't have to do that. Yeah, it's, it's a yeah, little it's, goofy. It's, yeah, yeah. I know what you're, what you're talking about. And it's a little goofy. And I, I debated with you. I was like, he's not even, he can't be there. Yeah. What the hell are they doing? And yeah. I guess you corrected me. Yeah. Which, I mean, why bring in a character that everybody else in a just normal general audiences are going to think he's he's no longer there. Yeah. But apparently you have to watch some of the other little spin-offs to know that yeah. in fact he is there. Yeah. And I'm, I'm being I'm being inclusion- remarkably ambiguous yeah. this is intentional because I don't want <laughs> yeah. to ruin it. But I mean it, it was so 
stupid. Yeah, it was I'm really sorry. lame. I'm sorry. It was stupid. It was really First lame. First of all, his appearance is stupid. And then yeah, I forgot how, is stupid. I forgot how dumb that character yeah. was. Just brutal. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. So, like, early 2000s. I mean, anyway. Why, why? Who the hell wrote that in? And then why did know. Ron Howard go, yeah, that's a good idea. Oh, have him do the thing. Have him do the thing. <laughs> but Do the thing. Do the thing. But their inclusion made me think that these characters are going to come back. Because, like, they kind of set it up like you're going to see more of them. Yeah. I don't know. Whatever. Yeah. Don't care. Don't yeah. want to. Had enough. Had my fill. Thank you yeah. very much. All right. Well, any anything else? Not no. solo? No. All right. What are we, we going to do out of five? About two and a half. That's where I'm at. Yeah, I'm yeah. at two and a half. Whoa, that's brutal. Well, I mean, it's like it's not, not something that I. I mean, I would watch it again in the right context. Like, there's there's nothing offensively wrong with it. It's just so like. Yeah. Eh. If you're a Star Wars fan, go see it. Yeah. I I anyone that like I had a friend that I saw last year. I went to. He's like, yeah, it was whatever. And then he wanted to know, like, well, should I see this? I'm like, no. But if like you are, if you've seen them all, you love them all, you know some of the lore outside of, you know, what's in the movies, then go see it. Just because it adds to it and. You know, even though some of this stuff is, like, debatable, whether it's, like, actually good or not, it's worth seeing just to see them extend the universe a little bit. But otherwise, if you're not a diehard Star Wars fan, I'd skip it. So. Yeah. I can't. I can't argue with that assessment. I mean, if. I mean, the problem is, I mean, what the hell else is there out there right now that's worth watching? Not much. The I mean, summer's, that's, that's the problem that's is it. if you're going to spend money on something, you may, may as well be. This, this summer's Solo. not looking good. Yeah, no. you got Ant-Man and Wasp. <laughs> oh, God. I, I mean, the only uh, one I'm actually, well, maybe two, is Sicario. Black Klansman looks good, but that's not like a summer yeah. blockbuster. And no, then, that's uh, we got the poster yeah. for that, by the way. Sicario yeah, and Mission Impossible. Those are the two I'm, I'm looking out for. I am Mission Impossible. They have, the last few films for that have actually been quite good. Oh, yeah. Uh, Ghost it's, Protocol it's and then the last, what was the last one? Rogue Nation. Oh, Rogue Nation, And yeah. apparently uh, Tom Cruise jumped out of a plane more than a hundred times for the for a certain scene, like he did a free fall jump more than a hundred times just to get this one scene done. I'm I'm in. I, I love Tommy. You know what the hell? Do you think he's Jackie Chan? Yeah. Get the hell out of here, Tom yeah. Cruise! He's jumping out of planes. Yeah, but uh, Brayden, what about you? Out of five? I don't know. It's hard. I'm. I don't know. Three, three and a half. I'm gonna go three and a half because I mean, if you if you set aside. It's place within the Star Wars thing. It's kind of fun to watch. It has some fun scenes. Yeah. Like the heist scene at the beginning of it, I thought was really cool. Uh, and it's got a few other scenes that I think are a lot of fun. Yeah. And yeah. I mean, it's not like a it's workplace. A action. You know? It's a it's a fun action adventure film. And if you put it within the, the, the Star Wars context, the score goes down. So as sort of a standalone story... It's totally severed from any kind of Star Wars. I'd say three and a half. If you put it within the context of the Star Wars stuff, I'd say three at the yeah. most. Yeah. Oh, yeah, Cooper, I saw your half-star rating of Battle of the Sexes on Letterboxd. No, that wasn't me. No? No. I'm maybe it was, oh, maybe it was Charlie. Yeah, wasn't me. You went half-star. Whoa. I might, I might have pocket-reviewed it, Yeah, but I haven't seen that movie, so. He, it's not great. He hates yeah, movies, heard. man. <laughs> he, he's not. Yeah. He likes his very... Old school. Uh, I remember a few months ago he was raving about uh, Bob the, the gambler, uh, Bob Le Flambeur. 
I'm what? saying it. Right, exactly. That's my point. <laughs> yeah. I think he was up in New York and he saw that at one of the, uh, the, the, the many little sort of jewel box art houses that they have up there. Bryn, were those uh, words you were just saying? <laughs> yeah, it's French. It's yeah, I know. It's yeah, French I know. for Bob the yeah, Gambler. I, I know, I know. Bob Le Flambeur. Oh, yeah, I'm looking at the review. Half star. <laughs> there it Man. is. But, uh, all right. Well, I guess we can move on to our retro review of A New Hope. And we have a clip for this one, too, so take a listen. Ben? Ben Kenobi? Boy, am I glad to see you. The jungle and wastes are not to be traveled lightly. Tell me, young Luke, what brings you out this far? Oh, this little droid. I think he's searching for his former master, but I've never seen such devotion in a droid before. Uh, he claims to be the property of an Obi-Wan Kenobi. Is he a relative of yours? Do you know who he's talking about? Obi-Wan Kenobi. Obi-Wan. Now that's a name I've not heard in a long time. A long time. I think my uncle knows him. He said he was dead. Oh, he's not dead. Not yet. But you know him? Well, of course I know him. He's me. So, Star Wars Episode Four: New Hope was released in 1977. It's directed by George Lucas... Stars Mark Hamill, Harrison Ford, Carrie Fisher, Peter Cushing, Alec Guinness, Anthony Daniels. Anyone else y'all are thinking would come to mind? Peter Mayhew. Oh, yeah, Peter Mayhew. And the plot synopsis is... James Earl Jones. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. Luke's uh, Skywalker joins forces with a Jedi Knight, a cocky pilot, a Wookiee, and two droids to save the galaxy from the Empire's world-destroying battle station, while also attempting to rescue Princess Leia from the evil Darth Vader. So this one started it all. And so, I mean, now, Brain, this was a film that you saw when you were a kid, right? Like you were. I don't think so, honestly. I really. Um, I, didn't I see do it until remember. I was in high school, maybe. So. I do remember Empire Strikes Back. I remember I was a tiny little lad, and I'm pretty sure, if I remember correctly, again, you know, you're young, your memory's a little fuzzy. Pretty sure my mother and my aunt Suzanne took me to see that in the theater because I have very vivid memories. Uh, memories. <laughs> I have very vivid memories, remembrances of uh, the beginning on Hoth. Yeah, but I don't think I saw New Hope until later. Mm. Um, but I did grow up with the toys. I oh, do yeah. remember that uh, as, a, as a wee part. lad. As a I had I had a Millennium Falcon. I oh, had the lad. Jawa Sandcrawler. Heck oh, yeah. I had one of the. I had a, the Lego uh, uh, Jabba the Hutt's like uh, barge. Oh, barge. Nice. Yeah, nice. and it had a little like Leia in the bikini, but she's a Lego. <laughs> <laughs> nice. That was the sickest Lego set. Right? Um, and I had uh, I had the original shit. Like, yeah. If I'd actually kept some of the stuff in good condition. Yeah. I mean, I probably wouldn't have to work again. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, that's, that's, I, I had a very extensive catalog. I had a big, uh, it was a big Darth Vader head and it was a carrying case for all the action yeah. figures. You pop it open and it had little areas you could stick in your Luke Skywalker and your Darth Vader and your, that's awesome. Your C3PO and your Chewbacca. And then it had little, little cubby holes to put all of them in. Mm. And, uh, 
Yeah, it was. It was. I had that and the Millennium Falcon. I, I, I never had an X-wing though. Hmm. Oddly enough, for some reason, can't I don't know why. Bring it for your birthday. I'll buy it for you. Well, thank <laughs> you. I appreciate that. I would very much like an yeah. X-wing. The but I had fighter. Yeah. All oh, kinds of all kinds of crap. Yeah. Just all kinds of crap. Well, I mean, in, in going through that, what is crazy about even if you don't love these movies, I mean, I I don't love every single one like some people do, but it is especially watching A New Hope. This like literally everything was created from scratch. Yeah. By George Lucas, all the different uh, technologies, all the designs, all the mm-hmm. creatures, like that's insane how much just came with this one film like i can't imagine how mind-blowing that must have been especially where cinema was at that point with blockbusters yeah just like how imaginative that that film was or this film is well, i mean between know? between star wars and jaws that's what that's what set the yeah, yeah. of the blockbuster before that there was no blockbuster then mm-hmm. jaws star wars right about the same time there was a few months difference i want to say between the two but I mean, the both of them, and I think it was even more, a little more Star Wars than, than Jaws that became such a cultural phenomenon. It, it, it resulted in the, the blockbuster yeah, terminology. Yeah, Jaws started it. I mean, yeah. Um, but just like the ingenuity. Jaws started, and I think Star Wars is what really yeah. turned it into a phenomenon. So Yeah, but like just like the ingenuity with the, the sound design, with the, the lightsabers yeah. and everything, and the all the... You know, Tie Fighters, all that stuff is yeah. It affects also, the sound. I mean, G- G- George Lucas has always been a bit of a technical wonk. Mm-hmm. I think more than anything, more than his storytelling, even yeah, uh, for better or for worse, yeah. <laughs> as we saw with uh, the newer trilogy. Well, I mean, his uh, I haven't seen a lot of his, but well, THX one one three eight. I haven't seen. That. I haven't seen it either. It's uh, I, I know about the story that, is yeah. interesting, but. Mostly because it's like all silent. There's almost no dialogue mm-hmm. in the film, and it's all sort of visual shots and a lot of sound effects and things like that. And so, it's technically a brilliant film. The story is kind of interesting, and it's it's fun to follow along. But again, it's not anything. It's not territory that hadn't really been thought of or covered before. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean that's what George George Lucas does really well. Is he's I mean you know you watch Star Wars. Go watch, if you haven't, go watch Hidden Fortress, Kurosawa's Hidden Fortress. Duh, right? Mm-hmm. So he's he's very good at, at, at taking sort of uh, tropes, ideas, archetypes, and building them, uh, writing a story and, and, and putting into that story his own innovations. And so that's what makes it interesting and fresh. His ideas are not necessarily interesting and fresh, but the... The trappings, the technology, the characters, the the universe, the mm. galaxy, the all of that stuff. Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, he like created like some of the most iconic characters of all time, yeah. like Han Solo and Darth Vader, and mm-hmm. you know. So. And they are iconic, but they're yeah. they're they're yeah. well, I mean, they're tropes or archetypes. Well, I think they, one of the reasons he built them on other things that he saw elsewhere. Yeah, so. I think one of the reasons, kind of bouncing off that or building off that, is that he takes a basic movie structure or outline storyline and, and and caricatures and then just kind of uh m- makes his own with that almost like yeah. the way that like Guillermo del Toro does he'll take a mm-hmm. very basic well-known relatable storyline with there goes the train like in the shape of water that is feels very familiar but he's still able to make it his own yeah you know, so and also 
with the, the character designs, that's like a really big thing. Yeah. And they really are. I don't know if they're timeless because they've just been in the, like the cultural zeitgeist for so long, but like Darth Vader looks like a character that could have been designed in 2017, 2018. Like yeah. his costume, his look, like it's so sleek and it doesn't look like this, you know, late 70s, early 80s, like, you know, like, because if you look like someone like Robocop, like, if you put Robocop <laughs> in a movie right now, we'd be like, what the fuck? But if yeah. you put Darth Vader in a movie, like, he looks could work, timeless, yeah. you know? Yeah. And even, like, Han's clothing, it's, like, simple. Yeah, well, that's um, the, the design. is It's so sim- minimalist. Yeah. It's yeah. so straightforward and minimalist. It, it, yeah. it, it works. And, I mean, they haven't, I mean, the new fear, the new films in the series, they say they, they keep very close to those original aesthetics. Mm-hmm. And it it still works. Yeah, which yeah, which right. I mean, it I'd say works. one is one strength of J.J. Abrams is he's able to still have a modern take, but keep those familiar elements there, like he did with uh, Force Awakens. Yeah. Um. But even like the stormtrooper, like yeah, yeah, that like, is like, like everything is like so. Even if you haven't seen any of the the films, you just know exactly what that is. Yeah. Or the I mean, the majority of people would, I think. Um. You know. And yeah, just, I just love his designs and just, and then, and then like, I love how you can tell who is the villain and who is the good guy simply from the designs, you know? And mm-hmm. like, and then there's like the in-between characters, there's the Greedos and stuff like that. Like, it's weird to think that like a stormtrooper and Greedo, this like nasty, like pockmark alien could stand next to each other and it look organic, you know? Like mm-hmm. I just, and I, I love how, and all, and this is kind of going back to what we were talking about with Han Solo, how there is like this archetype for like a star wars movie and stuff like that one thing that i will never get tired of is in star wars movies when they have the scenes in the bar or at the casino and they just show off all the aliens yeah and they all just look so cool and so natural and i love one thing that i'm really loving about the new ones that are coming out in the past four or five years is a lot of them are just practical effects you know and i love that like how they're going back to that and like you could take one of those aliens and put them in the old trilogy and it wouldn't look out of place or vice versa. Yeah. Um, and I think that really speaks a lot about the design. Yeah. I think that was part of the downfall for Lucas when he did his, his second trilogy. Yeah. It is again, because he's such a technical wonk. Um, part of what he was doing with the second trilogy was testing out uh, a lot of new uh, production technology. Yeah. And uh, he was, he was playing with CG and I mean, sound and things that's fine. That's a little more subtle, but I mean, he was, almost entirely populating his films with like cg yeah Yeah. which like especially i mean just not hold up this yeah at this point they look truly horrendous yeah they look really bad i'm sorry but the droid armies were they didn't they didn't strike fear into you they didn't sort of you know raise your your anxiety and your 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 yeah uh, the way that stormtroopers do no don't even get me started on jar jar god (laughs) well that whole like the whole like battle on like naboo Like, it looks so, so bad. I mean, yeah. like, I watched, so I grew up on the, the, the more recent trilogy. Yeah. yeah. Um, the prequel trilogy. And even as a kid, I knew they looked the yeah. trilogy. Yeah. 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 The prequel. Yeah. And even like, cause I saw, um, episode one in theaters. And even as a kid, I'm like, this looks, it looks bad. Weird. Like, this does yeah. not look good. Like, uh-huh. uh, I don't know. But I, I mean, I've loved Star Wars always. Similar to you, I had all the toys. Like, yeah. I think that's, Another thing is Star Wars is such like it's like this huge marketing enterprise that like so many kids know Star Wars and love Star Wars and I probably have never seen the movies. Probably. You yeah. know? 
Um, once again, it goes back to the design. When you see a stormtrooper on the shelf, like that looks a thousand times cooler than a GI Joe or something like that. Yeah, you know, like they look they look more sleek, they look more imposing. There's yeah, a certain you know, in the the blaster design and the armor design, and yeah, you know, then you've got the good guys running around with big shiny laser swords. I mean, what is not cool about? Yeah. That, right? <laughs> um, I mean, that's it's it's a little more fun. It's a little it's got more sort of a fantasy in space feel to it mm-hmm. um and then also i mean just in one smaller element i mean it's a huge thing about it but the score is amazing yeah john well williams. i mean john williams yeah, yeah. Uh, i mean it's like it just again it's so iconic yeah yeah almost immediately I, yeah and i think that's just something with star wars where it's just it's a movie that works like especially new hope and the original trilogy yeah i i think the original trilogy for me it goes last jedi um empire strikes back new hope in terms of my favorites but all of those movies, every single front, it works. Yeah. You know, the character design, the stories, which are very simple, but like are very engaging. Yeah. The score, like all the different locales that they fit in those movies, like all of it works, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, they don't have the most, you know, in-depth, like crazy mind-bending stories or something like that. But you just need like little things like the fact that I'm your father, you know, like that mm-hmm. little stuff. You know, just pepper in that so you can just lead us into the next movie to see the, you know, the new designs and the new locales and see the characters progress. Like, you don't need it to be the most exceptional story ever. But, um, I mean, they work and they work really well, you know. So, like Indiana Jones in space. Well, they're fun. I mean, that's that's kind of why I I enjoyed Solo to a certain extent. I I think the downfall was some of the blatant... uh, messaging that they had in solo but that aside just taking it and placing it within the canon and then trying to to sort of smash this character into what we know as Han Solo now that didn't quite work but if you just watch it that's why I said if you would just watch it as its own story it's 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 not the best written but it's fun and it captures I think again some of this this aspect of daring do you know leaping across the chasm, swashbuckling, you know, kind of thing that you, that Lucas captured so well in the first, those first few films. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, the second, the second trilogy, he, he he tried to get more complex with the storytelling and it got bogged down in a lot of political stuff. And I'm like, everybody is brutal. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And I mean, everybody still jokes about the screen crawl from, from episode, uh, episode one, technically, right? Phantom Menace. And you're you're reading it, and it's like some sort of opinion piece <laughs> about like U.S. economic policy under the blah blah administration and taxation schemes and tariffs and non-tariff barriers, yeah, and, you like, know. And yeah. you're kind of going, "What the hell?" Also, like I went back and rewatched episode three right before Force Awakens because I loved it as a kid, pretty much because of the final act of that movie. But leading up in that part up to that part it's just like a boring political yeah. drama it's all just it's just them like, walking around the senate like, yeah. like yeah, the, 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 the senate is stuff is is just horrendous it's it's it's, it's goofy it's like watching c-span or something yeah, yeah. i mean so much of it you know and then you have these brief episodes where oh pod race and then it's back to you know yeah Oh, trade negotiations uh, are breaking the, down. The, <laughs> the midichlorians. midichlorians. <laughs> yeah, don't even get me started on what, what they did with midichlorians. Yeah. But, I mean, that, that, you're kind of going, what? But, but yeah, those movies fails 
because they took the mysticism out of Star Wars. You know, like they took yeah. all the cool things like, wow. Like, well, I think they, I think George Lucas was in some way attributing your level of, of force sensitivity and, and power, uh, your ability to ma- manipulate the force had something to do with the midichlorians, but then I think something else they like retconned it and said, no, 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 the midichlorians aren't the cause. They just gather more and people <laughs> who are like, more force powerful, sensitive, blah, blah. Damage is already done. I don't know. I mean, it's still, it still all strikes me as very like goofy. Yeah. Um, but, uh, I don't know. I mean, yeah, the original the original series was just much more fun. That's why I liked Solo was if you just watch it as like swashbuckler, outlaw, you know, smuggler. That's it was kind of fun. Yeah, it's yeah. kind of fun. And, and I mean, had, and it had some merits as just like a like daring do story, but it wasn't. Uh, then you put it within the, the larger universe, and you kind of go, uh, it doesn't. I don't know. Yeah. It doesn't quite fit. Square, what, square peg round hole. Well, in terms of just the new, uh, a new hope specifically, just like the opening, maybe twenty minutes where it's you, you don't know exactly what's going on necessarily. There's just this awesome desert and these like weird creatures running around, and right. like it's just so simple, but you can't not be interested in what that world may be. Yeah, and you get little teases, and it's. Because even, I mean, episode four is like a really small movie because they're on Tatooine and then they go into space and they do like the Death Star run. But that's about it. Like, it's not like. Yeah. I'm trying to remember. They don't go to any other planets. Yeah. They're on Tatooine. Because like Empire Strikes Back, there's like Hoth, Dagobah. Cloud City. There's a lot more in episode. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're, they're on the but, asteroid with the big, with the yeah, big worm but, thing. Um, no, I mean, yeah, you're right. Episode one, it's Tatooine, 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 space, and then they go out in space, and they go on the the. Is it the they Star get, Destroyer. They get, yeah, they get they tractor, tractor beams into the Star Destroyer. No, that's actually the Death Star. Death Star that, okay. that captures them, and then they escape the Death Star and they meet up with the rebels. And then where do they meet up with the rebels? Just on some, I don't even think they give the name of the planet. It's like they, they're literally just in a meeting room, basically, as they're yeah. revising the planet, and then they go back into space. And but it is a really back to the Death Star, and then they blow up the Death Star. Yeah, planets. I mean, yeah, you get a really, really small taste of the Star Wars universe yeah. in Episode Four, like really small. Like you see one planet, you see Darth Vader a little bit. The the Emperor is just a voiceover. I don't even know if they even show the Emperor. You no, mean, in, no, not not at all. Um, you don't really see the emperor until episode two, and yeah. it's just a hologram. Yeah, but it's cool because they convince you that this or is. I like, should say episode five. Yeah, Empire Strikes Back, uh, the second part of the yeah. trilogy. Blah um, blah, blah. Damn but, you, Lucas! <laughs> weird chronologies. Yeah, yeah. it's cool because they convince you that there is this huge universe, even though you know the very beginning, you know, starts very small. Like you know, they're referencing Princess Leia's planet. Yeah. What, what the what, I can't remember the name. I don't Alderaan. Know. Alderaan. We're getting to the weeds a little bit, but <laughs> y- you you get the sense that it is so much larger than it is, you know. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Well, and then there's R two D two CP three O. You know, it's just like creature. Or I mean, not creatures, but characters like that are. I mean, I again, it's, it's iconic, but you you can't help but 
kind of love them. Yeah. The, the design, the sound. Yeah. Um, the dynamics between the various characters. It's just, even though, like, every time I watch it, I'm not always in love with every single bit of it. And there's certain parts that feel maybe slightly dated and yeah. some of the performances aren't all great. Yeah. Not great. <laughs> no. I think it does. Yeah. <laughs> to say the ugh. least, to say the least, but it's still, especially for the time that it came out, you can't help but admire yeah. it, you know? We need more neurotic droids like C-3PO. Yeah. So men like me can identify with them. Yeah. We need like a trash, like a really trash talking. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like an R-rated, like a Deadpool type. Yeah. Yeah. Deadpool Star Wars. Yeah. You actually see eviscerations with lightsabers and stuff. Yeah. But yeah, yeah it's... And now is... Uh, now, Cooper, you said... And Solo, you do actually see a Wookiee. Oh yeah, I yeah I did love that in Han yeah. Solo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. True, true. I love the how him and Chewbacca meet. That was mm-hmm. great. Yeah. Uh, Cooper, you said Empire was your favorite. That's no, no. For me, it's Return, uh, Return of the Jedi. Oh really? Oh yeah. yeah. Well, it's like in... a six five four. Wait, Return of the Jedi or the Last Jedi? Return of the Jedi. Return of the Jedi. That's yes. interesting. Really? Yes. It's interesting. Fucking whoop the Ewoks. I love the Ewoks. Fuck Ewoks. Def- defend your. your I opinion. love the. Okay. Well, keep in mind, I watched all these when I was in elementary school so i yeah i have an affinity towards the ewoks because they're so dang cute (laughs) (laughs) but i are wearing a shirt with a chihuahua on it (laughs) that is true yeah uh he kind of looks like an ewok actually sort of looks like yoda in this one but yeah yeah a little bit um i like return of the jedi because i love uh endor like i love the planet of endor and i think that like that environment is so cool and to see the e i know that like ewoks are lying or whatever but like to see the ewoks fighting the stormtroopers and it's like this guerrilla warfare like i think the battle of endor is so much cooler than the battle of hoth um so i like really love endor i i like how darth vader and luke are like talking just like talking to each other throughout the movie like they aren't like like, you know, it's not like he, like, at this point, Darth Vader is not just this, like, mean, bad villain. You know, like, he starts to get developed more. Mm-hmm. And I like that development of Darth Vader. Um, I'm trying to think, like, the other- relationship between Luke and Vader in the third yeah. one is excellent. It's yeah. just, I, I'm sorry, it's, it's hard for me to suspend my disbelief to the point that it's like, uh, Ewoks who have no technology. <laughs> Well, are able to to largely hinder, I won't say overthrow because yeah. it wasn't necessarily them that overthrew yeah. the Empire, but to hinder the Empire to the point that the Rebel Alliance is able to strike sort of the, the fatal blow to the Empire. But, uh, but like, I'm sorry, but Ewoks and, <laughs> and, 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 and throwing rocks and but think about, okay, dropping okay, okay, trees okay, okay. and stuff. Forget about the Ewoks. Think about all the other great, like, the beginning of that movie. The beginning of Return of the Jedi is so, like, is the coolest beginning to any Star Wars movie. It's like, Luke, he's in the hood, oh, and he, yeah, like, yeah. walks up to, like, Yeah, and he kills, job. He kills the, 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 the Rancor. Yeah, that's so cool. And, and then Han all, gets the whole sequence. I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I do like last, last Je- or uh, Return of the Jedi a lot, so, yeah. I'm, I'm, they really pack so much in that movie, and I love, like... The it's whole beginning fun, with Jabba's to, palace, and I mean, my main my main issue with it, even setting aside the Ewoks, <laughs> I love the Ewoks. The, was it was just on a meta level. It felt it felt like a little more sort of a crass cash grab by Lucas. Well, the, the Ewoks were definitely designed to sell toys. But well, hey, that's, that's I love that's, those toys. Well, that's yeah, kind man. of my problem. Is is I mean, if, it's interesting because if you watch the arc of the of the series, right? Yeah, 
it starts off, and and you got to remember, Lucas retained the rights, the marketing rights, the toy rights, all of that for the film. Yeah. He, which is why Lucasfilm was such a massive empire and sold for was four some billion stupendous amount of money to four Disney. Yeah. Um, which Lucas didn't rely on on the toy sales by by itself. I mean, he actually put together some really remarkable. Uh, studios in terms of sound mixing, yeah. editing, design, um, production design, you know, all kinds of stuff. But the major, one of the, the major cash cow, I think it was, was toy sales for him. And if you look, if you look at, um, Return of the, um, New Hope. Yeah. Very minimalist. Not a lot, not a lot going on there. And it was more focused on the storytelling. And then that came out, huge film, toy sales, kaboom. But he already had Empire Strikes Back, I think, sort of mm. an inkling of idea what he was doing there. And so that came out. And so there was a little more and little more in terms of, of what he could do for toy sales there. But then when he moved on to Return of the Jedi, by that point, he realized how massive toy sales were for these films. And so he's like, yeah, let's throw some crap in just to sell toys. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah. Let's just, I'm a sucker. just throw some crap in to sell some freaking toys, right? Hey, hey Cooper's like, all the better, man. All the, the better. More, the more the better. I mean, you, <laughs> you can know, see how many action figures I have in Who, did, right who didn't have little Ewok plushies? I didn't. I, oh. I might have bought some the brain bird. at ten I might years have old, shaved head, beard, <laughs> fucking Ewoks. <laughs> this is this Tritle. is I sprang like a theta. I sprang fully formed from, from my father's head. This is I. Uh, this is how I looked when I was like five Black years old. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, you didn't like the Ewoks even when you were a kid. I love that type of shit. And you know what? Guess what? Becca, when she went to Disney World this year, she bought me a massive Porg um, oh, coffee yeah. mug that holds like literally like 20 ounces of coffee. Nice. That's a big that's a lot puffing of coffee. coffee mug. Yeah, that's a lot of coffee. Yeah. And she was like, I was thinking about getting you either this or the, the plushie. And I'm like, I want to take them both. Yeah. Yeah. So, I wouldn't have had Ewok plushies except to burn them in effigy. So. Mm. <laughs> you, you, if you came to my house, you would make fun of me so bad, Brady. Uh, I have so many toys in my room. Is, is it like my blue, my blue, uh, can't talk Blu-ray collection, but toys. Yeah, it's mostly I collect a lot of Nintendo memorabilia, so oh. I got a lot of right on a lot of Nintendo. Stuff. Many must get all the ladies. Oh yeah. Ladies. Well, no. What I always do is whenever I uh, bring a girl home for the first time, you know, I take everything down, and if they stick around for more than a couple weeks, I slowly put it back. <laughs> I'm not even kidding. Put it, put it like in uh, random places in your apartment. Just yeah, like, yeah. You know, that's like, shameful. Huh. When my mom, my mom came to my house, and Becca was there, and she was like. You slept with him with these toys on your on his wall, and she was like, "Well, they weren't there when the first time." Again, like, yeah, you, you got to trick them into it, you know. So that well, that sounds actually really horrible to say. Uh, <laughs> you, you can't let them know uh -huh. that you're <laughs> that they're Hide dating it. a nerd. Hide from the lady. Yeah, yeah. I, I have a fake wall <laughs> in my for my living room. <laughs> Sorry, that area does not exist. When yeah. There's any yeah any, anything like that so okay well Jeez, Louise. any anything else about no new hope <laughs> it's a no. good one but no it's empire. oh but, but empire is my favorite though but right so Return of the Jedi you get you get Ewoks and then you get what twenty five thirty years between Return of the Jedi and then Phantom Menace 
And then Phantom Menace comes back and he's at this point, he knows there's so much furor built up around uh, this new film coming out and people are so excited about it. And so what do you get? You get like Jar Jar Binks and you get pod racing, which was an exciting scene, but it I, was like, one, I, like I mean, it was I also like racing. very crass, you know, up. Oh, what can we do that? We can sell video games. I know pod racing, right? Yeah. Um, but it seemed as though there were naked attempts at marketing and toy sales in uh, Phantom Menace. And then <laughs> nice. fucking Wicked. Um, <laughs> Wicked. I love Wicked. I had a Wicked Lego. And then uh, <laughs> the reception of the films was not as good. And so I think he, he gradually returned to just solid storytelling, which is why when you finally get to Revenge of the Sith, it was not nearly as like... Look, it's Jar Jar Binks. Look, it's pod like, racing. Like, Look, it's more you know. like, look at this tax plan. It was, yeah, well, I mean, that was a little more <laughs> Come on, dull, but at the same time, you it, it, it's it's more conducive to storytelling. It was much more interesting and complex storytelling because you see uh, Anakin's downfall. You see the toll that it takes on Padme, the toll that it takes on uh, Obi-Wan. And it's 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 a much better piece of storytelling. There's not nearly as much sort of straightforward, crass you know, what can we turn into a toy? What can we make into a video game? Well, they made so, so many crying pregnant uh, Padme toys, though. So they definitely. Uh, I never had a no, crying I'm kidding, pregnant I'm Padme. <laughs> I love the pregnant <laughs> toys. Yeah, that was the uh, the toy ploy. Yeah, that, that was one the that uh, failed. That was the playset that I wanted. Was the Padme uh, birthing suite? Yeah. <laughs> birthing suite. <laughs> it, it comes with the nanny droid. Yeah, yeah. With the little hush, 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 hush. <laughs> <laughs> oh, anyhow. All right. Uh, out of five for New Hope. This is five out of five, baby. Five. I give it four and a half. Ooh. All right. <laughs> Some of the acting was a little rough. Yeah. I give it four and a half. Empire, absolutely five. Five plus, plus, plus. Uh, New Hope, they hadn't quite hit their stride as a, as a cast for the Jedi. actors yet. What would you give that? I'd give it a six. That extra star goes out for Ooh. Wicket. I love Wicket. It'd be like four and a half for me. Okay. I'd, give it, I'd give it probably a four. Okay. All right. It's decent enough. That's the best one, but yeah. whatever. <laughs> Absolutely not. Empire Strikes Back. <laughs> okay. But, Chopping hands off. Come on. Yeah. Oh, yeah, cool. True, true. All right. Well, I guess with the reviews done, we can... I mean, there's not much news other than I, just the whole Roseanne debacle. Actual, yeah, uh, there was that. I can't remember. I don't... Maybe you discussed it last week, but actual uh, sexual assault allegations brought against Harvey Weinstein. Oh, yeah, yeah. Papers so, bail. He's yeah. out. Yeah. I don't doubt it. I mean, the guy's got huge sums of cash, even though he's been... Uh, which, in a related story, actually, Mario Batali has been completely ousted from his company. Who's? Celebrity Chef? Mm-mm. I don't know. You don't know Mario Batali? I don't watch Chef shows, man. I know uh, Emerald. Okay. So, Never yeah. mind. <laughs> well, well, I was just saying, he, he's he's had charges brought against him, and he's been ousted from his company very in a, very, in a manner very similar to, to what's happened to Weinstein. Oh, so. man. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure I've seen that. I just, just the name doesn't ring a bell. But, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, I don't know if I, I mean we've talked about all the sex, sexual assault stuff on the on the show before, so I don't know if we really need to. 
yeah. delve into that, but yeah. Well, it's it's just nice to see the charges are finally being brought. Oh, against oh, guys, for sure, so. yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah, any any news y'all want to bring up uh, or trailers you saw? Hmm. I watched the. Did we already talk about the house that Jack built trailer? No. Yeah, we did. Yeah, yeah. What's that? The new. Oh wait, no. Well, we talked about it a little bit, but there, there's the new Lars von Trier film. Matt Dillon, Uma Thurman. Matt Dillon and Uma Thurman are in Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's really brutal. Even in the trailer alone, it's her, It's Matt Dillon caving her face in with, like, a tire iron. It's horrible. Yeah. It's, what the hell? And apparently, oh, oh, did you see the thing about Gaspar No? Uh, laughing. He, Gaspar No, who, who is the guy who did, like, that irreversible, yeah, you know, all that. Yeah, He said he couldn't stop laughing at the film. And it's like, I mean, I, I've watched, I've watched clips from it and there is dark comedy in it, no doubt. Like there's like, but he said he couldn't I mean, stop so laughing. And then he, then he said he walked out of Black Panther cause he, he couldn't stand it. Yeah. Yeah. Like just stuff like that. Like what's, I don't know his deal. I'll have to watch maybe one of it. I haven't seen any Something of his movies. Something is severely jerk wrong. Off. Yeah. I was like reading a lot about his and watching clips from his movie Love. Which is is not his most recent film because he just premiered one at Cannes, but which apparently um, did well. Or yeah, did good, good, good well for him because all his movies like if you look critically bomb because yeah. everyone sees through his bullshit. But um, <laughs> yeah, but he he's, just, he's, he's just a shock artist. Yeah, he's not, he doesn't he can't actually do a story to save yeah. his life. He's just just straight up. I've never seen his films, but I, I'm familiar enough. I've seen I've seen a couple of them, and they're all, yeah. It's just shock factor. It's just yeah. what can he do to. Yeah. Put you out. And, and yeah. I think Lars von Trier has a little bit more. I mean, there's definitely some cinematic stuff in his films that I like. And there are films of, I mean, I, I like a few of his movies, so, but it just, it kind of, that's what I would call pretentious. He's, yeah. you know, but. Jasper No or both, but both, Lars von both, Trier. But yeah, or that's the, a more easy, easy one to call out as pretentious, which I'm not saying all of it is, but. Definitely, I have that feeling at times watching his movies, which, I mean, I love Terrence Malick. People call that pretentious, so I can't really be talking, but, you know, at least that's the, personally how I feel. But, but, yeah, I mean, Terrence Malick, you know, I, his, his I, films just feel so much more genuine. To yeah, me and it's and also grounded. he's not just trying to get reactions out of people. Right. So it's like, I don't know, I have a lot more respect for Terrence Malick. Yeah. So. Uh, he does. He does some actual good storytelling. Yeah, and yeah. I mean, he doesn't. He doesn't just throw stuff in just for pure shock factor. There seems to be a reason for. Yeah, I mean, not that I've seen a lot of his films. I need to see Badlands. Uh, I really did like Thin Red Line. I think you like Badlands. Yeah, I mean, there wasn't really anything too shocking or appalling yeah. about Thin and, Red and, Line. And Thin Red Line is, is by far his most graphic. Like that's yeah. everything else is pretty. I don't. I don't think he's. I think he's just. He's an innovative storyteller. He sort of pushes. I don't know if he necessarily pushes the envelope, but he's 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 more raw in terms of storytelling. Yeah. Which I mean, there are directors out out there like that. I'm trying to think of some, and none none are necessarily coming to my mind. But then there's there's that, and then there's what Gaspar Noe does, which is just totally yeah crass and yeah. unnecessary. When like every single one of his movies has to have some sort of. You know, like rape scene or insane, oh, like oh, his oh, and love. Like there's a, it's all shot in 3D, and there's a, yeah. a scene where a penis is directed at the camera. Yeah, yeah. As it, I have seen love. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you're talking. about. <laughs> oh yeah, that scene. <laughs> yeah. That the giant well. phallus comes out of, right out <laughs> right, at you. Yeah. A giant phallus. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I have seen that one. 
It's not my favorite. That's on Netflix, I think. So yeah, if anybody wants to check it out. <laughs> no, not really. <laughs> Brain retro review, you no. know? <laughs> but, all right. Uh, well, yeah, well, not much news, really. But uh, anyway, anyways, I guess we can just do some listener questions. And uh, the FilmBuds podcast at gmail.com is the address that you can reach us. Or on Twitter, at FilmBuds, or on Facebook. We'd love to hear from anybody. So please send us your thoughts, comments, criticisms, whatever it is. So this one is from... Emily S. in Pittsburgh. She says, Hi, Film Buds. Really enjoy the show. Wanted to ask, what do you think of Solos and Justice League's changing of director mid-production? Do you think this could ever be a good thing? Or do you think a studio should just stay with their first pick regardless of the aftermath? Of course, money is involved, etc. But just wanted to hear your thoughts. Maybe thinking about how you would react if you were an actor or part of the crew that suddenly had a new director. Thanks a lot for the work you do, Emily. I'm sure that it's it's a good thing on set whenever they do it because there's a reason why that director shouldn't be there. And if they put out the movie that they were probably going to put out, it's probably going to be worse. But I mean, it's I, never a good sign. I, I personally would have loved to have just seen the Phil Lord and Chris Miller's version, even if it's ridiculous. I would have liked to have seen their take on it rather than just a... Ron Very Howard, sterile vanilla. Feeling. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know, he, he's not. He's not my favorite. He's never really done anything that I thought was all that spectacular. Ron Howard. So I don't know. Yeah, it's never a great sign. And I think with, with Zack Snyder was because his daughter died, right? That's why he's. Yeah. 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 So, so yeah, with just there wasn't. Yeah, I mean that was circumstances. That was not the studio necessarily yeah. kicking him off of the project. But yeah, yeah. and so, yeah. So Joss Whedon went on for Justice League, and that film had horrendous amounts of issues yeah. in the final product. And so it's, and also with uh, Rogue One, there was Gareth Ed- Edwards was directing. And then for a while or after, I guess production finished, someone else came on and did a bunch of reshoots. And so, so if you actually watch a lot of the trailers for the film, there are big chunks or big action scenes that are not in mm. the final film. Mm. And so that one, I guess turned out, for the better, I, I, it seems. I mean, I, I love Rogue One either way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I think for the most part, it is not the best idea. It's not a good, it's not a good thing because it can drastically change the, the direction of production and, and how the story is told. And I mean, there, it, it definitely, I would say results into some, some discontinuities in terms of storytelling. Yeah. And I think I think you do get that in solo. I mean, yeah. I see I see it doesn't it doesn't feel like a cohesive film. It doesn't yeah. feel I agree. Like it's a holistic kind of like something feels like it's missing from it. You know, like it yeah, definitely yeah. feels like something is just Well it feels like yeah, I mean it feels like there there are bits and pieces from other things that are sort of stuck together. Yeah. Um And then also you'll get the mixed in terms of multiple directors, films that feel like they have multiple uh, voices or visions. And so, yeah. like in Justice League, there's that classic Joss Whedon writing, but then it's. Um, the, the grimy. Like, yeah, super there's the, grimy, like dark. Glossy, dark. Zack Snyder. Uh, yeah, CG heavy. Yeah. I mean, I feel bad for, for the actors and the production and teams and all of that that are involved with these <laughs> things because, I mean, you you got to give it to them. I mean, these are, for these people, this is ultimately a paycheck this is this is this is work they have to be consummate professionals and so even if uh direction is is the the that director's chair changes um the occupant changes it's 
they still have to show up at work, get it done, put in the best effort that they can. Uh, and it's not up to them to, to make the film great. It's up to them to, to do as well as they can with the portrayal of the characters, but it's the director's responsibility to, to take their work and put it all together. The actors, the production team, everybody involved and put it together into a solid product. And I mean, if you got projector, uh, directors changing, then that's going to have, I think, a negative impact on things. Because yeah. again, it's not a start to finish one person. Yeah. Cause you can't really go back from and start from scratch. Cause that's money wasted. That's a huge you know, amount of money. Talent wasted. Blah, crapper, blah, blah. Yeah. So it's, it's a tough call, but I mean, I would say if at all possible, just, yeah, don't do that. But I, I, in, some circumstances, I would like to see just the original product, whether it's good or not. Um, yeah. it, it just as it's just because it, it would probably be different from what we had seen. Like what, what I'm guessing Phil Lord and Chris Miller's version was, even if it's horrendous. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, so what can you do? But yeah, well, hopefully that answers your question, Emily. So thank you for the email. We can just move on to our picks of the week. I suppose we're a little shorter than we usually are but that's okay i I guess i'll start off i just have a couple of things so i there was a film that i texted brayden and cooper about maybe doing as a secondary review as opposed to doing a new hope that had just come out on friday on video on demand that i was kind of hoping would be one of those good bad movies bad good movies whatever you want to call it but it was called future world which uh stars James Franco and was also co-directed by James Franco also has Mila Jovovich from the Resident Evil movies, Lucy Liu, Snoop Dogg. <laughs> Stellar cast. Yeah. Stellar yeah. cast. You can just take that. Yeah. And so if you watch the trailers, it is truly like the most blatant ripoff of Mad Max Fury Road that you could possibly do. Uh, like just the, like almost exact cutouts of motorcycles going over deserts the designs of the characters, the the setting, the story, like it's it's insane. How I can't I mean, believe this isn't actual theatrical release, is it? I think it got a very small, very small release. It's like a tiny budget, you know, but it's mostly on video on demand. Like you can get on Amazon, iTunes, blah blah blah. But uh, it was just I I couldn't believe that James Franco, especially since he directed it, would not only take from that film. I mean, I'm fine with movies taken from it, but being so obvious in mm. that because he's he seems so much more genuine than that oh and there's also little hints of blade runner also <laughs> right? you maybe want to check this one out <laughs> but it was pretty darn bad it's just for, first off it's very poorly made poorly directed uh all the the designs of the characters are very derivative and very cheap looking i mean there's a way to have a low budget, but still make the designs and everything feel uh, like high value. But this did not like Snoop Dogg wears a, a little fedora with a skull on it. Oh my and, and, God. And just the hat looks like it's, uh, looks like they just got it at the dollar store. Cause they were you're like, Oh, this will work, you oh know? My God. And so it, it, but yeah, it follows this uh, boy trying to get to paradise beach which is, again, like a, a Mad Max Fury yeah. Road type location. And James Franco leads a group of uh, criminals, you know, who drive around on motorcycles causing 
Uh, All sorts of mayhem. Yeah. And Snoop Dogg plays a pimp who runs a club of course. called, I think, Love Town. Oh like, just God. these names are... <laughs> yeah, really. yeah, like, the names are brutal. Yeah. And, like, they're not even that obvious clever. It's, <laughs> it's just... also called Future World. Yeah, ser- yeah, seriously. And so, and also there's this, similar to Fury Road, where there's this feminist angle that actually really works in uh, this kind of empowering women. In this, they try to do that, but it just comes across as, like, just kind of creepy male fantasy. <laughs> like, there's a... Uh, this young blonde woman, again, you know, yeah. exactly what you've seen before, who James Franco has in control of, and she's this robotic type woman, you know, I guess kind of like Joy and Blade Runner, even, oh. though, even though she's a, like a hologram, you know, mm-hmm. s- similar to that. But in this, he's able to control her completely. It's like, hey... Uh, come have sex with me or go kill that guy for me. It's like the most like tasteless, just, just crass. Uh, and like, I mean, I can kind of see what they're going for in terms of, cause she like kind of starts to break out and realizes who she really is. Oh and all. It's God. just, it's garbage. And so, but I mean, there were a couple of moments that were cool, but for the most part, really boring, not poorly, uh, I mean, poorly made, uh, not fun, not, complex just a really bad like exactly what you would expect from a video on demand mad max fury road rip off yeah uh, would be and so that one's on on amazon if you want to check it out if you're a diehard james franco fan maybe like chloe or uh maybe check it out but have some hesitation you know so not not the best going to this knowing what you're getting into yeah seriously be warned but then the only other thing I think I watched is I rewatched Shape of Water on 4K. And I, I, I liked it slightly more than I did on first viewing. I still have, there are still certain sections that just do feel overly familiar and dragged out to where like, you know exactly where it's going and it just takes a little too long to get there. But again, I love the design of the creature completely. Like the performance, the, the dynamic with Sally Hawkins, who is fantastic. Everything with that is amazing. Yeah. Um, Michael Shannon is great, of course. So his nasty little finger. Yeah, yeah. his finger. <laughs> He's just... great. Um, Sally Hawkins is great. I mean, the whole cast is really yeah. spectacular. Yeah, and so it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a pretty solid movie. I still, I think I enjoy Crimson Peak, uh, Pan's Labyrinth, and probably even Pacific Rim more than this. But it's still pretty solid, and, and it looks good on 4K, you know? What, what can you say? That's all that matters. That's all that matters. <laughs> five out of five. Five out of five. Anything in 4K, even future world. Yeah, five seriously. Out of five. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> and I, there might be one thing, but y'all can... Cooper, you can go since you've got to go to work yeah. a little, little bit. Um, I finished Tulane Blacktop this morning um, with James Taylor in it. That's the lead role. I Ooh. totally didn't realize. And uh, Who did Tulane Blacktop? Some guy named Monty Hellman. I don't know if he's done anything... Oh, is that the one that came out like almost immediately after Easy Rider? Yeah, yeah, it was kind of uh, journeys into the desolate American West. Yeah, young people, yeah, finding themselves, yeah, blah blah blah, on the on the road, yada yada. Yeah, um, it. I was actually surprised how much I ended up liking this it. This is Charlie's favorite. Yeah, be my manager. Um, I was surprised how much I liked it, just because I'm not crazy about Easy Rider, but I think that this takes the like skeleton of Easy Rider and. And kind of fleshes it out in such a way that 
it's like more interesting for me. Mm-hmm. Not that the characters are more fleshed out or the story is more developed. If anything, it's less developed. Um, but just the like aesthetics of the movie and like how much they care about like the actual cars in the movie. Like, yeah, it's very um, detailed. Yeah, I love their like attention to detail with the cars and stuff. It's very minimalist. Like, yeah, it's very super. Yeah, gritty and. Um, very little dialogue. You don't get to know the characters at all. I don't and, even think I even actually even have names. And it has the uh, the Beach Boys drummer. Yeah, Dennis, drummer. Dennis Wilson. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it's like very. It's like an allegorical movie. Like all the characters are kind of representing some sort of like escapism. Um, and I I just I, I like movies like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and like it totally foregoes the standard narrative structure, even though they kind of lead you to believe that there is going to be one. Like the what's pushing the movie along is these two there's like uh this these two guys are racing across the country against this other guy for pink slips um so like whoever gets a dc first gets the other person's car but that kind of just gets forgotten about and it's just more focused on like the mood um and i really like the ending uh i thought the ending was like very simple Mm -hmm. um but like really really effective yeah um so if you're in to movies like that where it's not a lot of character development, not a lot of narrative, but just like kind of a mood piece. And if you're into like Route 66, like Americana type of stuff, um, it's really worth the watch. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was good. Yeah. From what I remember. Yeah. And and if, if you like um, Easy Rider, you'll probably like this. Um, I liked like the music in Easy Rider more, but I, I like over, like this movie overall. Yeah. A little bit better, so. Yeah, that's probably my my pick of the week. Brayden, anything for you? No, no, no. It's too bad. Oh, I I I also uh, rewatched it from last year, the mm. Stephen King adaptation, <laughs> and it's I still enjoy it quite a bit, or or at least much more than a lot of uh, other mainstream horror movies. But I mean, the main thing about it is it's it's very funny. The writing for the kids, especially, is very good, and all the chemistry between them is great. And that's really what holds it together. And also, what's the guy's name? I keep on blinking. Pennywise. Skarsgård? Yeah. He is fantastic. And I just wish there were more scenes of him just talking to the characters rather than just coming out and scaring them. Like in the opening, the opening scene is amazing. Yeah. In the, with the sewer. Yeah. The best scene in the movie for sure. Yeah. And so I'm hoping that the sequel, which has just had a bunch of cast announcements, that's, there's more of that and the sequel but it is very entertaining for the most part definitely a little long it's like two hours and 15 minutes and i think the third act kind of drags and gets a little too goofy yeah but there's definitely some good visuals it's pretty well directed uh yeah i really enjoy the majority of it just there are certain sections that do fall a little flat or feel a little repetitive because it is for the most part just jump scares kind of like yeah. it was in a, a quiet place where you're like all right another another scare you know, kids are going to go down a dark hallway yeah. and someone's going to jump out, which I mean, for the most part, it was inventive in that, but still get a little tedious. Especially yeah. The two hour mark. Yeah, especially. So, but yeah, that's yeah. If you haven't seen it, check it out, especially if you're a Stephen King or horror fan. But all right. Not much else I have. Any brand, anything you want to mention? No, I mean, it's 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 shameful. I work at a movie theater. I run basically run a movie theater now. I don't ever get to watch films. Yeah. So, too busy. Yeah. But, uh, all right, well, next week, I'm not sure. There's not much coming out 
so we'll have to maybe keep you updated on on social media about what we're going to be doing. But Chloe should be back next week. Uh, if all goes well, Cooper, of course, you're always welcome back. We'll figure things out. Uh, all right. Well, guys, thanks. Yeah. You know, yeah. Cooper, have a good shift at work. I will. <laughs> I got to drink some freaking coffee. Yeah, man. Yeah, me too. Yeah. All right. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.